Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. My name's Danny Doyle. I'm one of the young adult leaders in this church. Um, I'm a father. I'm a husband to Aoife Doyle. And uh, I, things haven't always been this way. Far from it. So I just want to share this morning a bit about what God has done. So this is my story. Um, God saved me over eight years ago. Before God touched my life, I, I wasn't a Christian. I didn't even really believe in God. Um, I grew up in a family home who loved me, always had what I wanted, was never in need. Um, I have a wonderful family, brothers and sisters, and my downfall in life happened when I was in school. I got bullied, and I wanted to fit in with a group of people, people who accepted me. So I was trying to find this acceptance that I was so badly craving, and I got mixed up with a group of people who, who weren't good. And to save a long story, my life just went spiraling out of control. Left school, didn't want to do any more education. I knew everything, wanted to live my own life, and of course, I was only... Um, with this group to be accepted by them. But um, I, I ended up taking drugs just to find that acceptance. And at first it was just a, a matter of trying to fit in, but then it became a part of my life. I was starting to take drugs on my own when nobody else was around. It caught a grip on my life and controlled my life. And that ended up in, in, in such a, a dark place for me and my family. I brought nothing but trouble to the family home. I brought no good name to my family home. And... Um, I committed, I tried to commit suicide on numerous occasions, and, but thankfully God had his hand on my life, because he, he did. If you're listening tonight or this morning, sorry, God has his hand on your life, and God kept me from that, and to save, continuing more into that, he brought me to a treatment center, and that's where he saved me. That's where he met me. I seen something of the love of God in this place, and I wanted it, and I, when I, I reached out to God, and he touched my life, and he changed me. I haven't been the same. I remember when I, when I first gave my heart to God, I went into a bathroom and I closed the door behind me with this prayer and I kept reading it, waiting for a magical experience to happen, but it didn't happen. But i tell you what, we live by faith. The Bible says that we, we walk not by sight, but we walk by faith. And that's faith in the gospel. That's faith that Jesus Christ died for us, for our sin. He, he died in, instead of us. And once I started believing that, things started to change in my life. Um, even with my family, they started to our relationship became very well again um, and without preaching the gospel to my family God also saved my family as well God touched my mother's life my brother my sister he done wonderful things whereas before I brought no good name to the household but one name and that was the name of Jesus Christ that is that one name if you reach out to him today he will change your life not only change your life he'll give you a new life but anyway continuing on God brought me to Cork where he brought me through a ministry school where he, he got me grounded in his word. And not only that, completing that school, God got me grounded in a wonderful church here where, um, where he has used me and continues to use me. Um, but not only that, this is the best part. God brought a wonderful girl, Aoife Doyle, she's watching now. He brought her into my life and she's now my wife and we now have a child. She's a little Joshua who's at home now, he's probably crying at the moment. But, uh, <laughs> But uh, God has done such wonderful things in my life. And I'm, I'm not here to say that life is great, that things are going all so great all the time. It's not. It's difficult. 
But Jesus promised, he says, I would be with you. I would never leave you. I would never forsake you. And as well, one more story of what God has done in my life and how great he is. Because of my past, I accumulated convictions which hindered me in, in, in progressing in work. Um, so with my previous convictions, I couldn't do certain things with the company I was with. So in Irish law, there's this term called spent. And what that means is if you haven't committed an offence within seven years, by law, you, your convictions are now spent. Okay? And what that actually means is, so next time I'm filling out an application form, and I come to this question, have you committed any, any offences? I write, no. I have not committed any offences because I'm, I've, my slate is clean. And today, I stand here today in the sight of God that my slate is clean also. And it's the same for you today. If you reach out to him, no matter what you've done in your life, no matter how bad your life is currently, God is so big, so vast beyond your situation that he'll reach in and he'll take you out of that. So that this is my story. But it's really God's story because he's the one who's done it. I did nothing but surrender my life and I'm here today to testify to that. So I trust that you'll continue on enjoying the service and I hope you'll be blessed. God bless you. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Danny. The story of every single Christian is that an imperfect person met a perfect Christ and that perfect Christ came and totally transformed their lives. And I want you to know the same power that brought Danny out of darkness is available to you. And at this very moment, you can reach out to him. Folks, we've... We, we just had a couple of prayer requests online, so, so can we just pray together? Lord, we bring even some, some of the requests of your people. We lay them before you now. God, I pray, Lord, for, for salvations. Uh, Lord, I pray for those who are bereaved. I ask in the wonderful name of Jesus, will you come and do as only you can do, Spirit of God? Touch our people, those who are listening now, those of God who will be listening later. I pray that by your power, even as we put our trust in you, oh God, you will do a wonderful and mighty work in our lives in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen and amen and amen. Folks, the theme this morning is This Is My Story. We have a wonderful young lady, Bethany, uh, Bethany Cassidy, who, who's going to tell you her story. Good morning, church, and everyone online. Um, I'm going to sing you a song that I wrote about two years ago. Um, it's about my story. And I grew up in church. I grew up in all this, but that wasn't enough to protect me. Um, from what the world was going to bring. I suffered with depression at a young age. I suffered with cutting. I suffered with suicidal thoughts, but it was when I surrendered my whole life to Jesus and when he came into my heart and he fully, he took away that depression, he healed my heart. And it's a journey. It's, it's a journey. I, I have my struggles, but it's when I reach my lowest points that I know God is there with me. God loves me despite all my failures. God never leaves me. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother and he can be that for you as well. So I just hope that this song encourages you wherever you're at this morning. Praying cause I need your peace This darkness is too much for me, oh Jesus mm. Am I worthless? Am I on alone? This pain is too much for me, oh Jesus. But when I call your name, you come to comfort me. 
peace and joy, it fills my soul and it's there that I know in your presence, you lift my broken spirit, you live in me, I'm never alone and through the power of the cross, your love is in my Take me through. 
Amen. Wow, thank you so much, Bethany. That was wonderful, beautiful. You can sense the presence of the Lord in those words, and they ring true uh, because it's a true story of how God has reclaimed a life and healed a life. Thank you so much. I don't know where you went to, but thank you, Bethany, for that. And wherever you are this morning, you need to know that the power of God, as Andy said, is, is here to heal and restore and to touch your life. And uh, today you're hearing these stories, and they're really just testimonies of what God has done in our lives. And if you don't know me, my name is Hamp. I'm one of the pastors here at Cork Church. I have three kids. I run Feed Cork. I've been in Ireland for eight years now, nine years now, as a missionary from America. And I'm here serving and following the Lord uh, in the way that he leads. I'm so thankful uh, to be a part of today to share my story with you, the story of rescue and redemption, uh, that God came into my life at the age of 17, and my life has never been the same again. He met us. He met me in a very low, dark place. You heard Danny's testimony. You heard Bethany's testimony. Um, and like many of you listening, or some of you listening there today, you, uh, you experience maybe what I experienced growing up. I was born into a family that was broken through alcohol addiction, uh, violence, and abuse, and it really helped shape uh, our lives growing up as children. Uh, it introduced a lot of fear. It introduced a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of dysfunction, and uh, that just carried through in my life up until the point that I was 17, uh, where we you know, it was, it was a, a train wreck uh, in the making in slow motion. For 17 years, our family uh, was trying to work out all of uh, all those things that, that addiction and alcoholism and prescription pill addiction had introduced into our lives. I don't want to go into the deep, dark details, but just to say this, that by the time that I was 17, uh, I had experienced sexual abuse, I had experienced physical abuse, emotional abuse, all of those things, and it culminated uh, in my life in a, in a place that brought me into a real sense of darkness, in a place where I was depressed. I had, excuse me, stomach ulcers as a teenager, um, a lot of just friction in the home, a lot of, uh, a lot of frustration in the home, uh, built up and to the point when I was 17 that uh, my mother... Uh, was seeking a divorce from my stepfather, and into that situation, Christ came. Uh, he came into that situation and touched my mother in such a profound way uh, that I was impacted uh, very, very deeply because I saw something that I'd never seen before. Uh, there was so much dysfunction and darkness that I'd never seen such light, such peace, such wholeness. And uh, at 17... Uh, I understood that something very real had happened in my mother's life, and it impacted me. It impacted me so deeply that it wasn't very long after she came to Christ that I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And the amazing thing about that was the sense of relief, the sense of peace, the sense of joy, the sense of wholeness that came into my life that I'd never known before. I'd only known anxiety and brokenness and depression. And, but when Jesus came into her life, 
you know, I believe that the Lord wants to do more than just save one person in our families. I believe that it's for our whole family. In the book of Acts, uh, when the Apostle Paul was locked up in a Philippian prison, uh, the Bible says that after the prison, the earthquake, there's a miraculous earthquake. He was released, and he spoke to a jailer who was about to kill himself. And he told the jailer, he said, if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you and your household shall be saved. And that's exactly what happened when my mother bowed the knee to Christ. This tsunami of grace filled our family. It touched me. It touched my sisters. And guess what? It is still touching lives today. That one life, that one life that was impacted is still impacting lives and the testimony of that and the reality of that. And I'll never forget coming home and confronting in my mother, uh, you know, this new life that was in her. I thought that she had absolutely lost the plot. I thought that she was, uh, you know, she at that time was struggling with uh, a prescription addiction to addiction, uh, to, to pain medication. And, and in a short period of time, God had taken her off of that and delivered her from all of that. And I was looking at a woman uh, that I thought had gone crazy. I even talked to my stepfather at the time. I said, we have to have her committed because she's absolutely, all she wants to talk about is Jesus. All she wants to do is worship God now. And uh, it's, But as the days progressed, as time went on, we saw such a riveting reality that neither of us could deny that Jesus Christ had come to our home. It wasn't to a pastor. It wasn't to another Christian. My mother got on her knees, started reading her Bible, and over a week-long period, all alone in her house, found Christ. Actually, he found her and rescued her. And I was confronted with that reality, and it impacted me as her son in such a real way that God had restored my mother and had given me my mother for the first time whole. And I looked into her eyes and I looked into her life and I saw the change. I saw something very real. And I want to tell you right now, right wherever you are, that the power of God, the same power of God that changed her life and changed my life can change your life. No matter what you're facing, what darkness you're in, what addiction you're in, what struggles you have, what levels of brokenness, what levels of shame and regret, because I had a lot of shame. I, had a, I carried a lot of shame for the things that had happened to me and the things that I had done. A lot of shame, a lot of guilt. When I came to Christ, God dealt with the shame. God dealt with the guilt. And he can do the same for you today. As you call out to him, as you call on the name of Jesus, as you reach out to him in faith, he will meet you exactly where you are, I love this song that impacted me as a young man, just as I am, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. I come, I come, Jesus, I come. And you can do that today. You're going to, Pastor Nick is going to come in a few moments and he's going to give, he's going to share with you the wonderful good news, the glorious good news of what Jesus has done for you. And you're going to have an opportunity to respond to that grace, going to respond to the good news today. And don't put it off. Don't wait. The Bible says very clearly that today is a day of salvation. You don't have to wait till you get yourself better. You don't have to wait till you get it all worked out. When you call on him, everything changes. When he comes into your life, your destiny changes. Your life changes. And there will be a difference. I'll close with this scripture. The Apostle Paul said this, If any man be in Christ... 
He is a new creation. All things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. That can be your experience today. If you call on the name of the Lord Jesus, God can bless you, God can touch you, and he can do wonders in your life. And as you've heard in these stories here, and my own personal story, that it's a reality, and it can be your reality. God bless you. Good morning again to everybody, and we're delighted that you're joining us this morning. We deal with the most important issue that any man or woman can ever address. The hunger and thirst of the human heart must and is by far more serious than the craving of your body. And if you've journeyed any length of time as a person, you will say that's true, no matter what your philosophy of life is. Some of the most miserable people in this world are the richest people. You can be miserably rich and you can be miserably poor. The fact of the matter is that craving of the soul is the most important issue that faces everybody. There's a thirst, friends, in every life. The thirst of the soul is the thirst from our true self. The true self that was being made in the image of God but was corrupted by sin and by darkness. But you can't quench that thirst. It's there. It's there in every man. It's there in every woman. Every boy and every girl starts to grow aware of it. Certain ages, that begins to kick in. The need for something other than the natural order of the world around us. I want to read you just a little bit of scripture today. Because the, the entire Bible can be summed up in one word. It really can be. You, can, you, could, you could sum up every teaching of the Bible into one word. And that word would be reconciliation. It is a search and rescue plan. The whole Bible is God searching out for those who want to come out of the hole. Many people like their hole. Many people like their misery. They like just, it, it, it defines them. My, my, my latest tablet, my, the latest therapy I'm in, the latest group that I'm tapping into. And sometimes you can, you, can, you can hold on to your abuse and really kind of use it as a crutch and a talking point in your life. But there are those in this world today that are sick of their sin. They're sick of their failure. They're sick of waking up to, to Groundhog Day, where there is no more appetite for life. Uh, love, as we try to experience it through relationships and through other things in our lives, just falls flat. I've, I've never met a man in my life, and I never will, that can say outside of God there is true love. There is not. There is only temporary respite. There is only distraction, because eventually the thirst of the soul is the thirst for God. And that's in the heart of every man. And so the, the, the word of God is one word of reconciling and seeking to save that which is lost. And that's the plan of God, not to seek to destroy. The Son of Man came not to condemn the world, the Bible says, but that the world through him would be saved. You know, I grew up with a skewed view of God. I grew up with this idea. I had a God of my own imagination and my own making, which was a God that was really angry and vitriol and, and all too willing to come against people and put them into hell. But that's not the God of the Bible. The Bible says that God, the God of the Bible, so loved this world. That's an amazing thought. John 3.16 is probably one of the most famous verses, if not the most famous verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave heaven's best, his only begotten son. And I want to put that in your thoughts this morning because the prism and how you, you look at and how you hear about Christianity must be heard through the lens of a loving God. A God that came at his own personal cost to, 
to step in. You saw that video here. You know, every other ism was self-help. Well, you know, face to east and tried five disciplines and try meditating, try another self-help group, but not Christianity. Christianity is so different. Christianity is that God says you're never going to make it out of the pit. You're never going to get out. You're trapped. When, when, you know, the best thing you can say is that I'm trapped. I can't get out of here. That's honest. You can kick against the goads all you want. You can try another self-help group, another manual, another distraction. Go to college, do another course, go to another spend of, spend of relationships, you know, spend money, get high, whatever you tickles your fancy. But eventually you end up saying, I'm stuck. I'm in a hole and I can't get out. And Christianity is the only presentation that tells you that reality. It doesn't say you're a good person. It says, in actual fact, in the core of you, you're quite a rotten person. That's hard for us to accept. We're rotten internally. Everything that we touch is like King Minus. Remember the story of King Minus? Everything he touched evaporated and went away. And that's like us. Everything we seem to touch as people goes bad. It goes foul. And yet, it's inside this, there, is a, there is an aching for the true reality of a relationship with someone who has created us. It's in every man, every woman. And the story of the Bible is the story of search and rescue. Where every religion will try to tell you through their good works and through your rituals, you can crawl up out of the pit. Uh, that's what they all say. It doesn't matter if it's Catholicism, Protestantism, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, all the major religions of this world, including Judaism, all try to tell you to get out of the pit through good works and ritual. And try as you may, you're never going to get out. And many of us did. Many of us exhausted all those efforts to the point of such despair that it left us with nothing other than dark thoughts of ending our lives are just, just crawling up in a ball and switching off. And many are like that this morning that are watching. And many of you Christians know someone like that. And you, we as Christians, we can't sit indifferent to the reality that around us, God has made us a light to this darkness. I'll talk about that maybe another time. But here we have a perfect picture. Stuck in a hole, friends. No way out. And the only way out, friends, is the way that God has made through His Son, Jesus. Jesus didn't just stand at the top of the well. He didn't just look in and say, well, if you just keep my Ten Commandments, we'll see if that will get you out, you know. In actual fact, he actually got into the well. Amen. And God, when you think about we're going to come up to Christmas, God willing, social distance will have evaporated and we can have Christmas this year as, as, as a country and as a world. But we come up to Christmas because Christmas is the most amazing story. It's the story how God got into the well. It's the story how we climbed into the cesspool of human filth and behavior. And I hate to say that, friends, but it's the truth. None of us are virtuous. We are virtuous for our time. You know, we can, we can help old ladies cross the road. We can be good. We can do a good deed. But burning inside us. And the Bible says he knew the hearts of all men. He knew how corrupt we had become. Sin had become so overwhelming. Adam passed on to you and I, friends. When I talk about Adam, I'm talking about our first father, Adam and Eve. Yes, that is a Bible account and a true story, friends. They gave to us what we have given to our children. All the fallen nature. You know, my children, I begin to see, even when they were very young, I would look at them and I would see manifestations that I knew was their dad. I knew it was me. And, well, sometimes, you know, they were back in the days of spanking. You spanked them all the harder. You were trying to spank yourself out of them. That was the issue. 
because really it was you you saw. You, you loved your children, but you didn't like what you saw of you in them at times. And that was the nature I passed on to my children. All my vices, all my failures, all were genetically put into them as well. And they're going to pass it on to my beautiful grandchildren. And so that's a job for them to take care of. But the reality is when we were born in this world, something began to grip us. And it wasn't flattering and it wasn't helpful. It was awful. It was overpowering. It put us into a pit. It made us unattractive. It made us ungodly. It made us, you know, we could muster up love for a moment, but hate was only around the corner. We could muster up, you know, some sense of virtue, but it evaporated when tested and led us all into a pit of absolute despair. And I want to tell you this morning, that is humanity. I talked to a a very good friend this week. We chatted for a while, and I said, I know what you're going through. He looked at me. I said, every man goes through the same things. We all go, there's nothing new. You're not different than me, and I'm not different than you. The need in your life is no different than mine. To think that you're higher than me or lower than me or I'm higher than you or lower than you is a nonsense, friends. We are all the same. We are all in the pit. But thanks be to God, Christmas time coming up, Jesus got into the pit. He entered into the very womb of the, of the virgin. He set foot into a world, friends. He was the one that knew what was going on. He walked down the streets of Jerusalem or Nazareth or Bethlehem, wherever he went. He knew the pedophiles. He knew the perverts. He knew the drunks. He knew which ones. He knew which ones were the adulterers. He knew which ones were the thieves. He knew the hearts of all men. And yet he loved them, friends. He stepped into a world to save them. He saw the wife beaters. He saw the gossips that would tear people's reputation apart. He saw the people that bore false witness to get ahead of them. He saw those that used every craft and silliness. He saw the lives and relationships. I love you, honey. I'll never leave you. And then before you know it, bang, he's out the back door. He saw all that. He stepped into this human world. He stepped into this pit. Can you imagine the King of glory, Jesus Christ, condescending himself to such a low place that he would come into this world, that he would come into this world and even associate with us. It's mind-boggling. If you weren't going to be even a quarter honest with me this morning, you know and I know the darknesses that we are capable of. And yet God sees something in you. So much that he loves there's something in you that he made in his image that sin and hell has tried to corrupt, but it hasn't corrupted it totally to the point that God sees value in you. God sees value in you. So much so that he sent Jesus Christ into the whole friends. And what the Bible says, when we were without power, when we had no hope, when we had no ability, Christ Jesus came into this world. And that's what you've been hearing about. Christianity is not a spectator religion. It's not about some sort of fictitious philosophy or doctrine or ritual that has no bearing upon your soul. True Christianity is a watering of the soul. True Christianity is a filling of the soul with God. True Christianity is a restoring of purpose and direction for life. True Christianity is a comfort of knowing that your sins are forgiven. I want to read you a verse that I love this verse, Isaiah chapter 40. It says, comfort ye my people. Yes, comfort my people, says God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem. When he talks about Jerusalem, he's really now talking about all men and women, friends. Speak comfort to her and cry out to her. Tell her that her warfare is ended and her iniquity is pardoned. She has received from the Lord's hand double for her sins. Is that an amazing thought? This is the heart of God. God is looking at humanity today and saying, preachers go out and tell them. Christians go out and tell them that the warfare is over. God has already paid twice for your sins. 
When you look at Calvary, Christian, Catholic, Protestant, agnostic, when you look at Calvary, when you see that crucified Savior, that's God paying twice for your sins. Not just, not just for the healing of your body, but also for the healing of your soul. Amen. He pays more than above, friends, than, what the, than the value of you and I. Way more, friends. The Bible tells us that we were purchased, we were set free, not with the palsy things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. And so the message of the gospel is reconciliation. It's comfort for those who are far off to bring them into a living relationship. And I want to stress that with you this morning. It's not a dead relationship. It's a living relationship. You know, you talk to any true Christian. They, they are defined. When Pastor Ham came up and told about his mother, all of a sudden, people, we were, I was the same. Every one of us were the same. When we first met a Christian or someone that we knew who became a Christian, we, we just couldn't compute that all of a sudden this person called Jesus Christ became all enthralling for them. It, we couldn't understand it. Why? Because we were darkened to the reality of that. We couldn't touch it because we, it was so alien to us. Because all we knew before we were Christians is what we could smell and taste, touch, feel, and hear. Our natural senses. But your natural senses are not what needs the answer. It's the answer to your soul. The thirst for the soul is the thirst for God. It's the thirst for God is what it is, friends. Despite all the downward tendencies and earthly inclinations and sensuous uh, leanings of our own human nature, there is a profound and undeniable cry of our soul for the living God. That's why people experience that sense of falling when they sleep. Do you ever get that sense of falling? Actually, that ended for me when I became a Christian. I used to have these sleeps where I'd, in my sleep, all of a sudden I think I'm falling and I wake up. That ended for me when I became a Christian because something came in and comforted me. I'm not falling anymore. I'm not, I'm not in free fall. That ended. When Christ came in, something of the comfort of God. That's why he says, comfort ye my people, says the Lord. Dear more, the intelligence of man thirsts for the ultimate understanding of things. But the immortal spirit, which is what man is, friends, thirsts for a more thorough reconciliation with God. So comfort the people. I want to read you just a few verses going on, because this is the book of Isaiah, just in case you don't know. It's Isaiah chapter 40. And Isaiah is speaking. He's actually speaking to the nation of Israel, but this is an eternal word. It's this, what happened in Israel is a microcosm that happens in every nation. The Jews were taken by God. as showing us an example of how human nature is. And human nature, even with the knowledge of God, is very far from God. We run away from God. And Israel had run from the knowledge of God and now was under the heel of its enemies. There was terrible things happening in the time of Israel, terrible uncertainty. Famines were rising, wars, pestilence, like the hour we're in, an awful lot of fear. Where's my job going to be? How am I going to feed my family? What's going to happen? If, you know, the enemy today is the coronavirus. But back then, it was the Babylonians probably going to come in and ransack their city. But there's always an enemy there. There's always something chasing down humanity. And yet, in the midst of all that fear, and in the midst of all that upset, there's this message of comfort, friends. And I want to tell you this morning, that's what God wants to do to you. He wants to comfort you. And then he says, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley should be exalted and every mountain should be brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight. And what that is saying is that there is things in your mind that need to be brought down. Think lofty thinking that has got you nowhere, okay? 
the thinkings of all men that you think, well, this is my idea, that's my idea. Well, if you want to continue in your hole, continue with your ideas. You need to say, I'm bringing those ideas down. And everything that you think is not possible in God, you need to raise up and say, there is an answer in God. And that makes a highway, a smooth way for the Spirit of God to come in and impact your life. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Then the voice said, cry out. And he said, what shall I cry? Interesting. So this is the Lord speaking to Isaiah, saying, now Isaiah, cry out. And Isaiah says to the Lord, what shall I cry out? He says, all flesh is grass, and its loveliness is like the flowers in the field. You know, and we, you know, we are lovely to God, friends. And we're lovely to one another. I have grandchildren. I have a wife that's lovely to me. I have children that are lovely to me. You know, oh, there's some lovely things about this creation and about you and about I, friends. But it says the grass withers and the flowers fade because the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flowers fade. But the word of our God stands forever. And really, this is a message of comfort because the reality is that we all start to fade from our glorious starts as young men into this world and young women thinking that the world is our oyster, trying to make a head, a head start into life financially and relationship-wise, you know, try to get on, try to better ourselves, you know, and just levels of glory. There's times when we came back, oh, I got an A in Irish, which never happened for me. <laughs> or you know, I won a race, or, you know, I got promoted in a job, uh, I just got left a load of money. Whatever might be in your story, friends, there's times when the, the flowers seem to be very beautiful, and the, the grass seems very green. But then all of a sudden, the wind of life blows upon it, and the grass begins to fade, the flowers begin to fade, and the grass begins to turn brown and die. And that's what happens in life, friends, because that's the reality of us. We're in a fallen world. And he says, but the word of the Lord stands forever, for every generation. That's why Christianity is, has to be re-engaged in every generation. Whatever the last generation did with the gospel, that's one thing. Today's a new generation. What say you this morning as your life now is just like the fading grass and the fading flowers of the field, they were once beautiful, but now they're dire. Now they're beginning to wilt. Now life doesn't seem all that appealing anymore. But this is the word of the Lord. It says, the word of God stands forever. The word of God, the Bible tells us that the word of God is Jesus Christ. The word became flesh. The gospel of John tells us you cannot separate a man from his word. And so when God speaks something, he synonymizes that with his person. And so when you synonymize that with a person and you personalize it, the word of the Lord is Jesus Christ. John chapter 1 tells us. The Bible says, while we were still in sin, far from God, Christ stepped into this hole, friends. He paid a price for you. And the price wasn't some sort of meager visitation. He went to a lonely cross. He died a death that you should have died. He paid for the sin and the awful transgressions that both you and I have committed. If he hadn't done that, then we wouldn't even be here today to tell you any good news because there would be no good news. It would be absolutely will to wait and die in your hole and go into a lost eternity, which is far worse. Some people think that this is the hell. Hell is far worse than life, friends. Life is bad enough, but hell is worse. And yet, if Christ hadn't stepped into the hole and paid the price to come into this world and died on the cross, we would not even be here to talk with you. We wouldn't be here ourselves. We'd be hung over in some bar somewhere. But no, we're here to tell you that he died. He paid the price. He rose again. 
And he says, now I'm here for search and rescue. The flowers and the grass that withers, the flowers fade. But I, my message of love and reconciliation to bring you into a living relationship. And I want to stress living. I came out of dead religion. Many of us who have become Christians came out of dead religion. Religion profited nothing, friends. A relationship with Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit awaits you, even in the quiet of your home today, even in your bedsit, in your car, maybe walking, maybe on a bus. I don't know where you are listening this morning or today or whatever day you're listening to this online. But I do know one thing, that God sees you. He loves you. He sent heaven's best to you. And he says, I want to comfort you with the fact that I've paid twice enough for your sins. I paid for the Calvary. I died for you. Died as you and I died for you. Now, do you want to come out of the pit? Do you want to come out of the hole? My friend Danny here is with us this morning. Got up for us to give a testimony. And uh, there's some richer details he might share another time in his testament. Further details of that life. But that was a broken man. It was a man that scored all own goals in his own life. Tortured himself with his low self-esteem. Made it worse, compounded it, and put it upon the lives of his families. We all do that to different levels. We might be drug addicts, but we can be emotional drug addicts. Do you understand? We could just pour our emotions onto everybody, our darkness, our, our stinkiness. We can just vomit it up on family, friends. We don't even know why we do it. Hor- horrendous, isn't it, really? How broken we are as people. And Beth behind me, uh, she's down here, you know, self-harming herself, living in depression. And yet... No matter what she tried to do to fix that, didn't work until she gave in. And she said, I want out of the pit. Hamp, a great friend of mine, a minister here, got up and shared with you. And none of these people, you all said, because I, I, I meet people all the time to say, oh, they're very nice people. No, friends, we are not very nice people. It, you take God out of our lives, we're very, very ugly. We're just selfish. We're self-centered. We're bent towards evil. We're bent towards ourselves, me, my, my own. What makes us beautiful is that someone came into our life and he came in and rescued us and brought his life into our life and made us born again of the Spirit of God. And tens of millions around this world, even, 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 even now, tens of millions have bowed a knee. And tens of thousands every single day are coming into the kingdom of God, finding God. And we would hope today that you would find him. Because if you are searching for truth, you're not far from God. And if you're searching for truth, you must lay down your own false ideas and say, that is the word of the Lord for me today. The Bible says, what shall I cry? The Bible says, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Flowers, they wither and fade, friends. But the word of the Lord, Jesus Christ, his rescue mission, goes on from generation to generation, and it comes to you today. And he says, if you would only but call upon my name, If you would only but bow the knee, if you would only but open the door, Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, famous verse, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man, any woman, any boy, any girl hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Are you going to open the door of your life? Because he's knocking. He's been knocking for years, except you didn't want to take his option. You took your own options, and it got you deeper in the hole. And he's still knocking. And he's climbing on the ladder to you even now. And I would ask you, would you open your hands, open your heart, open your mind, open, embrace him, and say, I embrace you, Jesus. This is our story, friends. It's the only story we have as Christians, that Christ Jesus Christ stepped into this world, into this life, into this man, into that man, into that woman, and changed him eternally, forever. 
filled us with hope and happiness and love. And he wants to do the same for you. That's the gospel. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.